Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I know there's like one person on the text line that does not like this rejoin. Why not? I don't know. I love it. I have no idea what she's saying. But it's great. I love it. Is it Spanish? It is. I believe so. I'll just have to slow it down and listen to it. Did you take Did you take Spanish in high school? I was in dual language classes from first grade all the way until eighth grade. Really? So all my classes were in English and Spanish. And then when I got to high school, they were like, you have to take a foreign language and I was like I took eight years of Spanish yeah what and they were like nope still have to take it so I took Spanish for two years and I aced it and then you were done yeah and then I forgot all of it I understand Spanish at a decently high level can't speak it people have to speak I'm assuming people have to speak a little bit slower well like my my grandma speaks Spanish extremely fast and I could understand her but I'm just used to her tempo and cadence and all the things that she sings that's a fun fact but that song, that that person is speaking extremely fast. So if they slowed it down up. a little bit, you might have a shot. Yeah, probably. My wife just texted me. She says, Nate just asked Enrique. Enrique, who is half Puerto Rican, if he took Spanish. Well, no, I, it was a genuine <laughs> question. Like, I knew, I, I knew that you, I, I didn't know that you were fluent, which I would say that you're fluent. I'm in not fluent. I'm here. I didn't know that you were that educated in Spanish, but... It's a genuine question if you had to take it. Because I've always wondered that, like, foreign exchange students, do they still have to take a language? I would assume not, but I don't know, because yeah. technically that's a requirement to get into college. I mean, they probably just have to take English. Unless they're from, like, I don't know. No, I don't know, see, actually. that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm curious. It's hmm. a good question. Because I have no idea. I took Latin. You took a dead language? I took a dead language. Well, the thing is, my parents told me that it would help me out with the SAT. It didn't. And not only that, I now know a dead language in maybe like three words. Cool. And that's about it. Well, now if you, and literally you no become, one speaks it, you should have become an archaeologist. Then you would have been fine. Is that, do they speak Latin? No, but like if you're looking up, you know, old things, find something written in Latin. I will say sometimes like people say something, but I don't know what the word means, but I'll know the root of the word, so mm. it helps. No, oh, there you go. But that happens very, very... Not very often. Not very often. Not very often. So 
in the grand scheme of things, was it worth it? Probably not. But language was never my thing anyways. So I think it wouldn't have mattered what language I took. I wouldn't have really process what was going on. Yeah, that makes sense. Language is tough. Yeah, I a applaud language. people that are bilingual because that's insane. Learning a new language is 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 rough. Um, but something we didn't get to today during the happy hour right, that I'll sorry, get to in this crossover. No, you're totally fine. Uh, Nebraska gains a commitment from a three-star running back out of Booker T. Washington uh, High School down in New Orleans, Louisiana. They get the commitment of Arnold Barnes the uh, third. You wonder how big this kid is because he's not very big, but he is big. Five nine two twenty. Oh, my goodness. Class of 2023. Where is he from? From New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. Out of Booker T. Washington High School. Primary recruiters, I'm pretty sure you can guess. I would say Applewhite and yep. Mickey Joseph. Yes, sir. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Put me on Jeopardy. So uh, he, he mentions in one of his story, in a story written about him, he says, um, I trust Mickey to help me out long term and get me to the league. Oh. Mickey can get the job done. In one of his quotes, in another one, he says, I believe in Mickey and I'm putting myself in the right hands from being uh, from from the boot and all being from the boot and all. I am going to put my next four years in his hands. Ooh. So that to me says that he is committing to Mickey Joseph. That Which also a lot means of players do a lot of players do this. That also means he is either committing to Mickey Joseph at Nebraska or committing to Mickey Joseph if Mickey Joseph is not at Nebraska. See, this is the way that I interpret this. And I could be very, very wrong in saying this, so don't say that what I'm speaking is complete and total fact. I mean, I could be wrong as well, but, you know. But from what we're hearing and what I understand, Mickey Joseph also had a say in bringing in Malachi Coleman. Now, how much of that, I don't know entirely. I'm not going to act like I know that I do. Mm -hmm. But from what... We've gathered Mickey Joseph had some type of sway in Malachi Coleman's decision, and it sounds like this kid is probably in the same category. He decommitted from Tulane October 28th. He went on a visit to Iowa that same day. You know what's crazy? He's committed to Nebraska three days later. Low-key nice. Um, Right, 29, 30, 30, four days later. I... It's weird. Do you think the that they commits, know something that we don't? That's I, all I'm going to ask. I don't know. I don't know if, they they're, might. if they're being told something, if they just believe something. But so far, that's two commits during the Mickey Joseph tenure as interim head coach. Right. And both have said as much as the reason I'm coming to Nebraska is because of Mickey Joseph. I am committing to Mickey Joseph. Which, honestly, I mean, you... You can loop Trey Palmer into that category as well, because I don't know if he specifically said that when he committed to LSU, but he did say that he jumped and bounced to Nebraska because of Mickey Joseph. As soon as Mickey left. So I'll throw him into that as well. As soon as Mickey left, he said, where are we going? Right. And Trey Palmer was with him. Who is now proven to be one of the better receivers in the country. That is true. I mean, technically, I'm pretty sure pro football focus. Now, I don't know after last week, because that was a bit rough for everybody involved, but... He was number one pro football focus. He was. For a week. Or two. This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM first. 93.7 The Ticket. I've said it before that I don't think you retain a coach 
just because you're scared of losing on commitments or losing on recruits. I, I agree don't with think, that. I don't think you you should operate from a place of fear when trying to choose a, a head coach. I don't think you should operate from a place of what if this person goes and has success somewhere else. That's not a place that you should operate from when you're looking for a head coach. But I do believe that this does have an influence on that decision. When you have two recruit, one high-level recruit, and one, he's a three-star, but he's he, he had, I think, one or two other Power 5 offers, but he had a big senior year this year, and he was getting more looks from Power 5 right. teams. Not many offers, but he was getting looks from Power 5 teams. I mean, Iowa wanted him. Uh, I think Navy wanted him as well. And Navy knows their running backs, so... Um, but I, I I don't so know if hearing yeah if, if hearing that from these two recruits so far and seeing the the togetherness of the team with Mickey Joseph at the helm and hearing what the players say when they come to the podium and I know some people will say oh well what else did they say they said the same thing about Frost and and whatever I get that but. It, it feels different, and I mean, it feels different for everybody else. Maybe some people feel the same way I feel. Some people feel differently than I feel, but this is something, this is another notch in the cap of, of keeping Mickey Joseph, but again, to me, I don't think you retain a coach just because you don't want to lose no. on recruits or, or, or players currently on the roster. But on the flip side of that, I think you 100% hire a coach because of his recruiting ability. Yes, in the sense that I don't think you hire a coach just because you're fearful, oh my gosh, when he leaves, there goes Malachi Coleman, there goes this kid. Whoever else he's in their house is having conversations with, you don't get that kid. But I think you have to look at coaches very specifically and say – if this guy has a track record of recruiting top-tier talent, mm -hmm. especially at a school like Nebraska, because, listen, you're not going to be the Alabama, the Clemson, the Texas A&M. You're not going to be the top five recruiting class in the country. You have to be able to evaluate talent, and when you find a guy that you like, you have to be able to get him. Mm -hmm. And I think Mickey Joseph has a track record of that, and I think that becomes part of the discussion of when you're hiring him. He has, I really do. He has shown a, a high ability to to get kids to commit to schools and he's done a really good job so far in his in his one year at Nebraska of, you know, br helping bring in transfers and and getting commitments from from kids that maybe Nebraska didn't have chances with. I I don't I don't know Nebraska's chances with any of the players that may have committed um while Mickey has been on staff, but I know that a lot of the players that have committed have mentioned Mickey by name. I, just saying, look, he's a big reason why I'm committing to this school. He's a big reason, you know, I, I'm committing to Mickey Joseph. So, again, I don't know if you base your decision on the words of high school kids. No, 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 no. But I'm not saying that, but I think that him being able uh, – I mean, the track rec way. The track record of success that he's had with not only bringing kids in but developing them into NFL talent – Right. Is a is pretty good. Well, also you have to look at what Anthony says, and he took the words right out of my mouth. He says, "When has an interim uh, coach been able to go out and recruit at a high level?" I mean, he, he's right. I again, I would have to dive. I would have to dive into research, the interim coach, but I, I would have to do some more research. But I think it's the, the point stands that you can look at Wisconsin. You can now look at Auburn. We can go back. We can look at Arizona State. I haven't heard anything out of their camps. Now, again, I'd have to do a little bit more research and dive a little bit deeper into the recruiting cycle. Mm -hmm. um, who's taking over now? If that coach has a chance of being the coach moving forward. 
but I'm not hearing anything like this. I mean, for crying out loud, you got a top 300 recruit in your backyard that had said months before that Nebraska wasn't going to be the school he was going to go to. He had him in his top three, top five, but he wasn't. He wasn't going to Nebraska. They no. weren't. They weren't being considered at that high of a level. And also, you like you just said, look at Wisconsin. Look at look at uh, Auburn. After their head, well, before Auburn's head coach got fired, they had kids jumping in the transfer portal left right. and right. Wisconsin, after their coach got fired, they had people jumping in the transfer portal left and right. Nebraska lost one, 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 and he tra- <laughs> and he transferred in this offseason. And on top of that, Nebraska had the longest time window for the kids to transfer and enter the transfer portal mm-hmm. because they were ahead of the game and they fired Scott Frost before any of these other coaches were fired. And I'm not again. I don't want my words to be oh. A little bit of breaking news. Sorry, um, I won't. I don't want my words to be misconstrued as hire Mickey right now. This is the guy. I don't know who the guy is. I don't. I agree. Would I like to see Mickey? Sure. Would I like to see somebody else that that just you know gets Nebraska back to prominence? Yeah. Heck yeah. I I, I don't care who the guy is. Just get Nebraska back as long to prominence. As, it works. as yeah. long as it works. I would. I I do think that keeping Mickey around would be important. But also, I don't know if Mickey wants to stick around if he's not the head coach. I said the same thing. It would be hard to to get to the pinnacle and then get bumped back down. And then you have that person looking over their shoulder because the guy who you have as your wide receiver coach has been there before. He, He took over for the previous head coach. Well, I think that's a big point of it too, Rico, is that I've seen a lot of people. And again, I don't know if this is the majority that thinks this way, but everyone's saying, okay, move him back to wide receiver coach. I do. You, I honestly would kind of interpret that as a demotion. Now I know you were hired to be the wide receiver coach, wide but at receiver the same time, and, and associate head coach. But at the exactly, and at the same time, you've been the head coach. Now this isn't like a, a situation where you're where you're hired in week ten or mm-hmm. you're put into this position. Like the majority of the season, you are the head coach, and it hasn't looked perfect. It has. It's looked good at times. There have been but, ups. There have been downs. I, I would I would interpret it. Now, this is just me. I'm not speaking for Mickey Joseph. I'm not speaking for his family. I'm not speaking for any of that. I would interpret it as a demotion. I would. I, I and mean, that, I that might not be the, the right way to view the situation because, again, you were hired to be the wide receiver coach. But at the same time, you took over in week three mm-hmm. as the head coach. And, I mean, look at it this way. We we view Mickey Joseph so highly. The nation views Mickey Joseph so highly as a wide receiver coach. If somebody he's that he's the interim head coach right now. If he doesn't get the job, what's to stop any other school from taking him as a wide receiver coach? What's to stop somebody from offering him more money as a wide receiver coach? He could go wherever he wants to be a wide receiver coach. I wouldn't be surprised too. And again, I I don't know if this is going to be the case. I wouldn't be surprised if you had a a. a, a, a Group of five school that's been struggling recently. I don't know who to throw out there. Like a, I don't even know who, if anybody's fired. Like their coach a USF yet. or like a, I don't know, a Buffalo, something like that. That kind of level. I wouldn't be surprised to see a team like that say, you know what, we'll hire this guy Why as not? the head coach. Again, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know who's going to be in a bidding war for Mickey Joseph. But I'm telling you right now, if a team of that caliber came to Mickey Joseph and said, hey. We'll hire you as our head coach. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. No, I don't disagree. It with wouldn't that. surprise me if a top level group of five school hired him as an offensive coordinator. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. No. At this at this point, nothing would surprise. Now, I think if another power five school tried to hire him as 
the head coach. That would maybe surprise me a little. Would bit. that catch you off guard? That would catch me maybe a little bit off because you got to look at the jobs that are open right now. For the most part, they're programs that have been pretty stable over the last I don't know decade or two. Colorado hasn't. Colorado's an absolute dumpster fire. Col- but the thing is, though, is Mickey Joseph going to take a job at Colorado? I don't know. I Money mean, his, talks. His, his but brother I was the Colorado. head coach for the Denver Broncos for a while. He was. They, know, they know the area. I know, but I'm telling you right now, Colorado's the last team that I would ever coach for. I would I would coach yeah, a I Buffalo go, over Colorado. Yeah, I would go to Colorado. Colorado's a dumpster fire, and I feel bad for whoever takes over that job because it is a mess. I feel like it shouldn't be that hard to recruit to Colorado. Well, the thing is that what I've realized, and, and maybe it's just the, this is the way that I interpret it, but for some reason it feels like Colorado's fans don't really care. They don't. N- Nebraska fans are up in arms after going like six and six. You can throw Bo Pelini into this category. Nebraska fans are up in arms after winning nine games. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a different time now. I think six and six would probably keep you for a couple years. But Colorado hasn't won a game, and it seems like no one cares. Colorado's like, yeah, whatever. It literally seems like no one cares. And just a few years ago, okay, maybe it's a little bit longer than a few years ago, you are a national championship contender. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't understand it, and I don't know if I ever will. I don't. I don't get fan. They bases just don't that, care. I don't get fan bases that don't care. Not only that you don't care, listen, and then the whole oh well, there's other things to do. No, this is something that you should care about. If this you is, were or terrible, this is something forever, that you do care about. If you were terrible forever, fine. There's no reason to care. Colorado was one of the best teams in the country. They for had kind of a while. They had their time. They had their shine, but. Uh, some some more breaking news: NFL trade front trade deadline. Calvin Ridley, you remember him? He's oh, suspended yeah. for the year. Yes. Well, when he comes back, he won't be a Falcon. He's going to Jacksonville. What? Calvin Ridley traded to the Jags <laughs> for some draft picks. That's all. It literally says for some draft picks. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess the Jags are buyers at the deadline. Well, they're who buyers. Who would have thought they're that? buyers of a guy who's not going to play? So kind of weird. But that'll do it for the happy hour. I'm sure on the block with Strick and Nate, we'll cover a little bit more. But a lot happening in the sports world. Adios. Adios.